You are listening to the Patriot Pastors Podcast, where we talk about today's issues from a pastor's perspective, as well as calling America back to the faith of our fathers. Without God, democracy will not and cannot long endure. We ever forget that we're one nation under God, then we will be a nation gone under. Here's your host, Wade Lentz and Harold Smith. Welcome to the Patriot Pastors Podcast. I am the co-host, Harold Smith. I'm joined today by my good friend, Wade Lentz, pastor of Barrel Baptist Church in Valonia. Before we get started on the podcast today, I would like to introduce our listeners to today's podcast sponsor, Cheerwine Zero. Cheerwine Zero. Listen to this sound. That is the sound of goodness being cracked open. Cheerwine Zero has been around since 1917 with that certified cherry flavor. It gives you all the flavor your grandfather enjoyed as he was fighting the uh, Nazis in Germany, but without the calories. Enjoy Cheerwine Zero, the only wine endorsed by the Carolina Baptist Association. Wait, I'm excited about the sponsor. I'm going to have to have a sip. Wow. Don't have too much now. Oh, man, that'll put hair on your chest right there. That's great. Cheer wine. I, I remember that. I, I lived in South Carolina for about two years, and uh, that was a big deal in that part of the country. Unfortunately, we don't have any here in Arkansas. Mine, I got mine at the Amish store, so I, it might have came in on horse and carriage for a whole It, it may have. <laughs> I was like, cheer wine zero, no calories. I was like, man, sign me up. So I bought a four-pack of 12-ounce bottles. And they're not really sponsoring us, but we're just kind of throwing it out there, teasing them a little bit, you know, letting them know we're open to all. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, nobody sponsors us, you know, not even our, our moms, but that's okay. They listen. I'm not sure. I'm not bitter. I promise. (laughs) Is it hot there in Arkansas? There in your part of Arkansas? It's scorching here. Hot was, I was going to say, it's, it's a scorcher here, dude. It is supposed to be like 115 heat index. It is crazy hot and it just kind of happened all of a sudden you know we were enjoying uh some relatively cool but it was not scorching hot all of a sudden sunday it just absolutely you know summertime hit and speaking about heat we're going to talk about a very hot topic today we'll be discussing this uh thought why women can't preach a very uh hot issue Um, especially with the uh, Southern Baptist Convention just meeting earlier this month and uh, disfellowshipping from three churches, one church in particular, Rick Warren's church, Saddleback Church. They have women pastors. They have women preachers serving in their their church. And the Southern Baptist Convention voted to disfellowship uh, from them, which was a tremendous thing. But... You are kidding yourself if you think that the battle is over. Um, this is something that is going to continually be an issue. And if you do not adopt it, then you're just a bigot. Right. And, you know, you're a misogynist and all these other things that they like to label. Uh, well, we both believe that women cannot preach. And it's not because that's just your opinion in my opinion it is what the scripture says what the bible says and and we're not saying that a woman couldn't get up and say something and actually mumble out words or even speak Mm -hmm. eloquently uh even more so than maybe some preachers that are 
called of God to do so. Right. We're saying they can't do it and be right in a church or right with God. You can't do what God forbids to do. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean that you can't stand up. You know, God forbids a lot of things, yet mankind does them, and eventually they'll stand before God and be judged for what they've done, and God, you know, allowed them to carry that out. We're saying that women are not sanctioned by Scripture to preach, much less mm-hmm. pastor. Right. Uh, and, the you know, you and I are going to approach this the same way, I, I'm sure. I remember my kids, you know, saying, well, why can't we? you know, go do what everybody else is doing. And they were wanting me to justify my answer. And I just simply said, because I said so. Mm-hmm. I think when it comes to women preachers, it's it's not Wade's opinion. It's not Harold's opinion. The Bible says so. It says you can't do this. Right. And so you find people today looking for all of these loopholes, if you will, or ripples or alternate interpretations or you know, they, they want to cast all sorts of doubt on a whole bunch of mm-hmm. clear passages that say this shouldn't happen. Right, right. And, that, and that's the whole thing. I, I'm going to read to you some uh, scriptures that really support uh, our stance on this. And uh, then you can deal with the maybe the creation order aspect of it. But sure. just uh, just to mention a few scriptures that uh, that speak against women pastoring would be, first of all, First Timothy chapter 2 and verse 12, where Paul says, I do not permit a woman to teach or to have authority over a man, but to be in silence. That is as cut and dry and as black and white as you can get. Yeah. First Corinthians fourteen thirty four, He says, let your women keep silence in the churches, for they are not permitted to speak. But they are to be submissive, as the law also says, if they want to learn something, let them ask their own husbands at home, for it is shameful for women to speak in church. Wow. That oh Paul, he was a misogynist. You oh, know, but, he was But wait, that's just cultural. That that's just yeah. Paul's opinion. That's that was just standard practice of the day. No, actually if you go back to First Timothy chapter twelve, uh, two verse twelve that you first read, you know where Paul says, "I don't let women teach or usurp authority over a man." Paul is not saying this is my preference or this is just culturally the norm in our day. Paul goes back to the very beginnings of Scripture, and he says in the next verse, verse thirteen, "For Adam was first formed, then Eve." Mm-hmm. So Paul goes back not to the fall and sinful man eating off the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Paul goes back to God's created order. Yes. And then in verse 14, he says, For Adam was not deceived, but the woman being deceived was in the transgression. So Adam voluntarily ate off the tree because his wife was already tricked to do so, deceived Mm -hmm. by the snake. And so when we say this, we're not trying to blame women for all the problems. Both Adam and Eve sinned, but there's a created order. And then when mankind falls from that initial created order due to sin, there are different curses that are given in that. What Paul is saying here is he says, look, the the reason that women aren't the teachers is because God didn't create it that way. 
And in cre in after creation, when sin entered the world, God didn't change the order. He went right. further to establish it. And you can go back in Genesis chapter three and read where God told the woman that she would serve her husband. This is the way God designed mankind to be. This is the way the home is built. Yes. The man is to be the head of the household. That doesn't mean he's a dictator. That doesn't mean he sits on a throne and his wife feeds him grapes off the vine and fans him with a big feather uh, fan. It, it means that he has been given by God a responsibility to oversee that. That right there, the created order, the fall of sin and the curse that came from it, and then this New Testament teaching, which is very clear. We don't have one or two verses. We've got right. a plethora of verses to yes. look at. We even have two locations where scripture is given for the qualifications of a pastor. Mm -hmm. And those scriptures in the qualifications itself are, are littered, filled with evidence that this is a man-only occupation. Yeah. Yeah. Listen to this scripture uh, that Paul gives in First Timothy chapter 3. He says, this is a faithful saying. Now, he's talking about the qualifications of a bishop, of an overseer, pastor. If a man desires the position of a bishop, he desires a good work. A bishop then must be blameless, the husband of one wife. That's a, for a, that's a yeah, big that's hurdle a, to jump over. Exactly. He goes on to say, um, see, one who rules his own house well, having his children in submission with all reverence. Again, it is so plain, but yet, as you alluded to earlier, uh, there are just some people who just do not like what they see as just being too exclusive yeah. uh, and, and not inclusive enough of allowing um, women to fulfill what they feel like is God's calling in their life. Let's, um, let me ask you this before we, we go on. Can a woman preach to mixed audience, uh, men and women, and not be the main pastor? Maybe she's just uh, giving a Bible study, and um, but yet she's not a pastor. She's not holding any authority, or she's not the senior pastor. She has a male uh, over her as a senior pastor. Is that is that okay? No, and it's it's not okay for a couple of reasons. The Bible says the older women are to instruct the younger women and the children. And so a woman, as soon as she has children, her responsibility is to teach them. Mm -hmm. And as she grows, she will begin teaching other women who are younger than her. And so the reason I would say no is because when we say, well, we're going to make a woman maybe a care pastor in the church, we have to go back to chapter two of first Timothy that you read earlier. Paul doesn't allow women to usurp authority. That would be in a teaching position because when you preach and when you teach, you're not mm -hmm. teaching on your own authority. You're saying this is what the word of God says and you should adhere to it. Yes. That's what that's what it means to rebuke and exhort. And that's what preaching and teaching is. But if you go to the qualifications of a pastor and, and you, you look at verse five, kind of right, right where you left off, it says, for if a man know not how to rule his own house, how shall he take care of the church of God? Mm -hmm. 
the created order is that mankind is to be the head of the home. And if that's not happening, the home's not going to be healthy. Right. We know this is a fact, Wade. Our society is suffering today from a lack of male leadership in the home. Uh-huh. Even have a, a slang word for these bossy women called Karens, and they're out <laughs> wanting to tell everybody in the homeowner yeah. association, you know, what they should do, yeah. which is reason nine thousand seven hundred and twelve to never live in a homeowners association. Uh-huh. Come out to the backwoods with me. <laughs> Karens don't live out here. If they do, they're so far away we don't ever see them. But the point I'm making here is. If you've got a woman that is overseeing any aspect of the church other than other women and children, mm-hmm. she's out of her role, her God-given role in the church, and that's not the way it should be in the home. And so right. what you're seeing today is we're seeing the, the effects mm-hmm. of a home that's upside down. No dad, mom's calling the shots, split homes, kids sharing uh, time back and forth between families, living with stepdads and stepmothers and, and authorities all jumbled. Mm-hmm. And when churches want to take this same confusion that we see in a, in a, in a home without biblical male leadership and bring that confusion into their church, the next thing you're going to see are churches that no longer are operating properly. And if yes. you look at the American Christianity landscape, you're seeing the effects of that. Absolutely. Yeah, and, and you said it perfectly, where women are leading as the um, you know de facto leaders in an, e- either a country or a church, things just go downhill because that is not their God-given role. Mm-hmm. I know that sounds, boy, that sounds harsh, but God is the one who instituted these these laws, these rules, not not us. Yes. And it is God who said, as a judgment, I will, I will have women to rule over you, which was a, a horrible judgment, um, which is indicative of having weak men. If you have women who are leading over men, you don't have strong women. You have very weak men. Right. Which is why Deborah was a judge because she lived in a day and time when men did that which was right in their own eyes and they did not have any God-fearing men, so she had to yeah. take a, a role as a judge. And I, I've heard people say, well, in the Old Testament, Deborah was ruling. And just like you said, Wade, that was a time when they were under judges because they had fallen away from God. And God was showing them just how weak they were. Mm-hmm. Because you have an instance of something happening in Scripture doesn't mean it should be the norm. I go right. back to King Saul at the end of his life. You know, he's been uh, angry at God, angry at David. He's he's mistreated Israel. He's in a battle with the Philistines, and he wants some answers about what to do. But he doesn't want to go to God himself. He doesn't mm-hmm. want a prophet. He 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 wants an answer, but he wants to circumvent God to get it. And he goes to this place called Endor and sees a witch, a woman witch, a sorcerer. And he goes to her and says, hey, I need some answers. And so she starts uh, doing her magic practices. And lo and behold, the prophet and judge Samuel shows up, scares her slap to death, says, Saul, why have you bothered me? Your life is over. You'll be dead by this time tomorrow. The point I'm making here is we got a message from Samuel through a witch. Should we be bringing witches into the church now? Should that be the norm? 
Mm. Everyone would say, absolutely not. That was a rare instance where God right. showed a wicked man how wicked he was. And so it is. When you take something, the Bible clearly says, not just in the New Testament, but throughout the scriptures, show me the woman priest. God limited that office to men, you know, yeah. in the Old Testament. Show me the woman prophet. You may have some like Moses' sister singing, but look at those people that left Egypt. Mm -hmm. oh, but two died in the wilderness. These are not the norm. Exactly. Exception. So when you look at God's created order, what he said, this is what it should be like. Women just don't fit the bill anywhere in there. Right. And, and when you look at current history of uh, within the last 50 years where you have Episcopalians um, ordaining women for the first time, and I think in the 1970s, the Lutherans ordaining women in the ministry, uh, Methodist, okay? Slippery slope, right? Because what happened a few years after that, now they are ordaining homosexuals, transgender, drag queen, fruitcakes, you know. What's happened in society, Wade, when the male leader left the home, we had a sexual revolution. When women went to work, we had a sexual revolution. Mm -hmm. Then we had children coming out of the sexual re revolution with different roles in the home. And then what that led to was kids being born with a confused idea of what their role is. So now mm -hmm. we little boys saying they want to be little girls. And we used to just laugh and go, uh, son, don't talk like that. That's silly. Now yeah. we say, oh, no, we should embrace them. And so we've got we've got little boys pretending to be little girls. Yeah, that's the natural that, that's the natural working out of a rejection mm -hmm. of the way God designed mankind to live. That's right. So you see homosexuality becoming rampant in countries that reject any kind of morals and they go down this road, and that's always the last rung on the ladder. It's what's happening in the home. It's what's happening in the churches. And if you say, hey, look, the Bible's right. This is clear. We, this is not even up for debate. It's like you've slapped someone's grandmother. I mean, you yeah. were telling me earlier of, of uh, uh, somebody you knew that was just up in arms because Southern Baptists wouldn't let women preach. I encountered the same thing. I was talking to a neighbor. And he was just livid. I can't believe they're not let. I said, whoa, whoa, whoa. What do you mean you're, you can't believe they're not letting women preach? I said, are you Southern Baptist? He said, no. I said, well, sounds like to me you're judging the Southern Baptist for mm -hmm. that women can't preach. Yeah. Everybody's got to make a decision on this, Wade, as far as what's right and what's wrong. We're making our decision based upon the clear teaching of Scripture. Yes. And I think that's why our <clears throat> position ultimately you know, will endure to the end, regardless of what the world around us does. Yeah, I think that, that we're headed for uh, persecution in, in uh, the Western civilization, as especially when it talks about these issues and homosexuals and the in inclusion of them uh, into every aspect of life. Um, and so you better not give on this issue. Because if you give on this issue, they're going to push more upon you to for you to accept yeah. homosexuals in, in the church. Okay. Let me give you another reason why I am opposed to women pastors is because of the fact that church tradition does not support it 
at all. Uh, throughout church history, male leadership has been the prevailing norm. And, uh, and that, that is what should continue. Let, let me, uh, uh, quickly just tell you a, the statement of faith from the Assembly of God that says Pentecostals believe that the outpouring of the Spirit begun in the early 20th century. And that is a true fulfillment of prophecy. And then he, they quote Joel chapter two, your sons and daughters will prophesy. I will pour out my spirit in those days. And so they say again that uh, they believe that the outpouring of the spirit begun in the early 20th century. So for the first 2000 years, there was no outpouring of the spirit. Yeah. It, a horrible way to interpret that verse. Oh, they brought tongues back. They claim to bring healing back, but I don't really see anybody getting healed by them. They stay right. out in the hospitals. Um, they claim to bring a lot of things back, but let's add some scripture to what they said. They took one verse and said, Hey, it's, you know, in the last days, your sons and daughters are going to prophesy. What did Christ say about those last days? He said it will be as it was in the days of Sodom and Gomorrah. Mm -hmm. and, and so if you look at the cities, not just the city, the cities of the plain of the region of Sodom and Gomorrah, there were only, there was only one righteous family in the whole area. And that was Lot and his wife didn't meet the standard. She looked back at the city and, and turned to salt because she really loved her place in the city and didn't want to follow after God. So three people are rescued out of the city of Sodom and Gomorrah. If that's when women start prophesying, I would say the world's in pretty bad shape. And it's like yeah. I said earlier, it's judgment. Yes. Jesus also said it will be as it was in the days of Noah. Okay. What do we know about Noah and the flood? The whole world was wicked and God only saved eight people. Noah, his wife, his three sons and their wives. So eight people got on the ark. I would say if women start prophesying when there's only eight righteous people left on the earth, that would be just like it was in the days of Deborah. That would be just like it was in mm -hmm. the days of uh, Moses in the wilderness where God demonstrates the wickedness of mankind by giving them women leaders, by giving them instruction through women. Yes. If the Pentecostals want to say all that happened in 1908, then they need to start justifying all the other measures they brought in then that they have no biblical basis for, mm -hmm. which is right. basically all, the reinstitution of all charismatic gifts. That's true. Have you ever heard the name Beth Moore? Yes. <laughs> I, I grew up Southern Baptist. She was a Southern Baptist prophetess. Yeah. Yeah. The early days. Oh my early in my ministry, she was just coming out on the scene and we had women who wanted to do Beth Moore Bible studies, you know, and to be honest, I never liked Beth Moore Bible studies because Thanks. she Thanks. was way too preachery, way too authoritative in her delivery. And it was just, just turned me off. And I, I got in trouble some in, in some of my small. Baptist churches for not allowing them to study those Bible studies. But I, my question to you is this. She was a, a instrumental Southern Baptist woman speaker. How much damage did she do while she was given so much liberty to speak? Well, Southern Baptists have traditionally been pragmatic, at least in the last century. And by pragmatic, I mean, they've used 
uh, worldly techniques to gain people. And so what they had in Beth Moore was somebody that could sell books. You know, Beth Moore wrote a book. It was a bestseller. Beth Moore yeah. wrote a Bible study. It was a bestseller. So Southern Baptists through Lifeway made Beth Moore a top selling author and they created it for themselves. Mm. What happened with Beth Moore was what happens in so many of these situations. She's not accountable to any local church. They move around, you know, the church yeah. then just thinks she's a, you know, some kind of a celebrity and lets her go. There's no biblical accountability to her, to her husband. And so what Beth Moore did was she just gained traction with women, many of whom have no male leadership in their life or are under weak male leadership. And so what happens is, is you've allowed this lady to get all this traction and then weak male leaders in the convention like J.D. Greer have mm -hmm. Beth Moore come to their church on Mother's Day and preach on Sunday morning while you're the president or shortly after you're the president. Yeah. I don't remember the timing of that of the Southern Baptist Convention. You're lending support to the belief that women have this ability. Mm -hmm. So it's no wonder that Rick Warren comes out and says we need male pastors and female pastors. All of this comes from the created poster child for women preaching, Beth Moore. And so yes. Southern Baptists allowed this to happen right under their nose, and I think they're okay with it because mm -hmm. I don't think I'm, – and I'm not speaking for every Southern Baptist pastor out there, but I think a firm case can be made for the national leadership of the Southern Baptist Convention their goal is not holiness and purity of the Southern Baptist Convention. Their goal is growth, uh, increased mission giving, increased mm -hmm. attendance, increased baptisms. Their goal is growth, and the only way to get growth is to become more and more appealing to the world around you, and that's yeah. going to require you in our day to become less and less biblically driven. And that's mm -hmm. what you're seeing in the convention, whether you want to admit it or not. The case can be made, and I think rightly so, that that's the, that's the position. Yeah, that, that's a good point that uh, she made, I know, Lifeway, which is an entity of the Southern Baptist Convention, a lot of money. And still, here's the thing, they're still selling her books. Yeah. Now, I think it was two years ago uh, she left the Southern Baptist Convention. And, and my belief is that she was really never a Baptist to begin with. Right. And that was evident when she left the Southern Baptist Convention and joined a Anglican church. And I'm not sure if she has any responsibility there, but I couldn't imagine her not having some type of a role. So We're living in a day where being biblical is going to make us stand out more and more and more. And that's good because, you know, Peter instructs us to live such good lives among the pagans that though they speak evil of you, they, by seeing your good works, will glorify God in the day of his visitation. So as the world gets darker, our lamps are still lit. We shine brighter. Even though the world doesn't like us, we're still considered salt. We slow down the decay. If the church were just to shrink up and say, we're caving and going with the world, there's no more salt. There's no more light. We've become like the world. We're lukewarm. We're a little bit mm -hmm. Christian. We're a little bit worldly. We make God sick. You know, that's, that's basically the premise there in Revelation yeah. 3. So I, I'm not interested in being lukewarm. I'm not interested in being culturally relevant. Uh, I don't want to go to jail. I don't want to be fined. I, I don't, I don't want to be persecuted. Yeah. 
I have to say, you know, like it was said in the book of Esther, for a time such as this, Harold Smith was put on the scene and and, and called to preach. Mm-hmm. And, and I have to preach what's written, not what I think. Yes. And so there are parts of the Bible, Wade, that, you know, they rub me the wrong way. But it doesn't mean the Bible's wrong. It means I'm wrong. Mm-hmm. And so I say with the old preacher, you know, if that pets your cat the wrong way, turn the cat around. Yeah. You know, you and I are simply messengers saying word for word what the Bible says in context, and people are not going to like it, but it's not up to us to see that they like it. It's up to us to see that they get it. Mm -hmm. We've made this podcast available. It explains from a biblical basis in a way that even a hillbilly like me can understand. And if people don't like that, I have no apology. It's right. Says what it says. I stand by it. Yeah, and here's the thing. The Bible speaks of, and this is evident in, in both the Old Testament and the New Testament, that women can be greatly used of the Lord. Sure. They are not, women are not second class, uh, Christians. They're not second class, uh, citizens by no means. There is a lot of emphasis that Paul uses in his letters. He talks about, uh, Phoebe and, Euodius and Centic. I don't know how you pronounce her name, but, uh, uh yeah. you know, the fellow laborers in the gospel with Paul. Wait, contrary to popular opinion, you and I can't give birth or breastfeed. That That is relegated to women only. Yeah. But here's what needs to be understood. Ladies, just because you can't preach and pastor doesn't mean that every man can. Mm. These qualifications given in First Timothy 3 and Titus chapter 1 rule out most of the males in the in the society. Because yeah. when you start looking at all of the aspects that are given, the only way any of us, you or I or any other pastor, meet these qualifications is by the grace of our loving God enabling us to meet them. And the only reason he's enabled us to do that is because He's called us to it. Therefore, he qualifies us to meet those conditions. I think Winston Churchill was a great speaker. His motivational speeches in World War II were second to none. Yeah. Not qualified to be a pastor. So just simply being a male doesn't guarantee you access to a pulpit. That's right. But it also doesn't mean you can't preach. It also, I mean, teach. It doesn't mean you can't lead a Sunday school class. Mm-hmm. Regardless, there's places of service for you. And they are according to your gender and your ability. Yes. So in a world where we no longer want to have gender, it, 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 it shouldn't be surprising that those gender roles should not be recognized in the church either. Right. Yeah, this is a topic that we've been asked uh, to speak on for some time. And uh, I thought, you know, with the, the past uh, Southern Baptist Convention and what they had to deal with, it may be a good time just to get this uh, episode recorded. But you and I, we've talked about it before. It's a non-issue for us. We, we know what the scripture says, and um, but yet we needed, we needed to articulate that as to why we believe what we do believe. But let me just uh, leave you with this thought. Who were the first people to witness the resurrected Christ? and to tell of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. It was women. What were the men doing? They were hiding in fear. And and listen, the gospel writers, the Lord inspired them to add that commentary into the scriptures for a reason. Um, yeah, culturally, that was 
totally taboo. Um, you're, you're giving uh, prominence and you're uplifting women uh, and, and you're casting down men as they're hiding. The women are out and about and they are the ones who tell the, the news, the good news of Jesus' resurrection, which is just indicative of the fact that women are of equal worth, but yet there are different gender roles oh. within the church. Oh, no male on the earth had any part in the birth of Jesus Christ. Mm. He came born of a woman alone. Yeah, that's good. I mean, ladies, you've got a role here. It's it, you can do what men can't do. You may be able to speak. You may be, you know, a dynamic teacher, but there's more to it to preach in a church and pastor a church and serve as an elder. That role is limited to men and not just men, but men that meet the qualification. Wade, we're running into nearly 40 minutes on here. I'll give you the last word. You close us out. And um, I think it's been a good discussion. <clears throat> like I said, it's kind of for me, it's kind of a non-issue, but mm -hmm. I agree with you. Something needs to be said. We've both been asked about it multiple times. So I'm glad we had the discussion. I'll let you give the final thoughts. Yeah, I, I am too. I'm thankful that we, we did have this opportunity this morning to briefly discuss it. And we're just, there's a, a lot more we could say, but just due to time, we just only have a few minutes to do it. But uh, we, we do want to thank everyone for listening to the Patriot Pastors podcast. We are able to talk about you know, things that deal with government and our country, but we're also able to talk about the church, the church of Jesus Christ and the issues that she faces today. And this is one of them. And I would encourage each and every pastor and each and every church member to ground themselves, not in culture, but ground yourself within the word of God and let that be your guide and not society. Okay. So we pray the Lord's blessings upon you. Until next time, God bless. God bless, and I'll drink a Cheerwine Zero to that.